Now, I remember an occasion when I was young, and I'd be interested to know if you have ever done something similar. I don't recommend it, but I did do it. And what it was is we as a group of friends used to have competitions where we could see who could hold their breath for the longest. Let's see, anyone in the room ever done that? Anyone at home ever done that? Where you've done a competition, see who can hold their breath the longest. If I'm honest, the mo most important reason we did it was to impress the girls, and I don't think they were ever that impressed, if I'm honest. But we had that moment where you do this thing with your mates, so you're doing your best, and no one wants to be the first to go, but eventually you can't not go, and then you burst out your <laughs> and breathe. And of course, the last person to do it has the smug satisfaction of having the biggest lungs or whatever it might be. But you will know that experience of when you finally gasp for breath. That feeling of relief as air floods your lungs and breath again courses through your veins. That feeling of being alive and fully alive. And the gasp of breath, of course, is both necessary for life, of course, you need to breathe to be able to live, but it also brings a new sense of relief and energy and power, and of course, in those contexts, fun and messing about with your mates. Well, that experience came to my mind as we begin this series on the Holy Spirit. We're going to spend a good chunk of the next few weeks as we run up to Easter looking at who the Holy Spirit is. What does the Holy Spirit do? What about in my life? Promises to be really wonderful and really important. So I'd encourage you, wherever you are, both here at Riverside House, in church, at home, to really jump in with this series. There's a whole lot of resources on our website. So go to our website. If you look at the top, you'll see a blog, link through to the blog. Every week there's questions there for you to do in your groups or to do on your own. Things to kind of discussion, to start discussion immediately out of the talk, even today for those that groups that are doing it. There's questions to explore a little bit deeper on the themes. And then there's another section to go much deeper in terms of the wider context of the Bible. Please, I'd encourage you in your groups and on your own to really grapple with this so that all of us can be better equipped, better reformed, but also get a sense of who the Holy Spirit is. And we've called the series and breathe. There's several reasons why we've called it that. <laughs> the first is because of that experience that we all know of when we finally are desperate for breath and breathe again, that feeling of relief, energy and life. In the same way that breath is central to life, so too for the follower of Jesus, the Holy Spirit is central to what it means to be Christian. So if you're a follower of Jesus, Breathe deeply this series. If you aren't yet a follower of Jesus and you're sort of interested, you're grappling with things, you'll discover who the Holy Spirit is and the huge impact he can have on your life today. So jump in. That's the first reason we call it and breathe. The second reason we've called it and breathe is that in the Bible, the word for spirit can be used for two different English words, the word wind and breath. If you imagine a yacht on the ocean, the yacht does nothing and goes nowhere without the wind. And the job of the yachtsman, if you like, is to kind of put the sails up into the wind so that the yacht travels. 
so too with the Holy Spirit. We on ourselves can do nothing. We need, as it were, the wind of the Spirit to direct us and lead us forwards. That's the first way it's described in the Bible, that word spirit. The second way the word spirit is used is for the word breath, the very breath in our lungs. Without the Holy Spirit, we are dead. And yet as the Holy Spirit does his work in our lives... The very life of Jesus fills us. We sang earlier, didn't we? I come alive when you breathe on me. So that's the second reason we called the series And Breathe. But there's a third reason we've called this series And Breathe. And it's simply because all of us at the moment probably need to take a bit of a deep breath. In this crazy world with the COVID uncertainty ongoing and this kind of weird numbness and weirdness that's around, some of us just need to take a deep breath wherever we're at, whatever's going on, and say, God, do your work in my life. Is giving his last words to his disciples. And we all know that if you know you're never ever going to see someone again, what you say to them is really important. You don't talk about the weather or the football. The football is very important, but not as important as this. And so Jesus uses these last chunk of time with his disciples to, as it were, impart all the necessary stuff they need to know. And he therefore focuses a big chunk of his time on the Spirit. And Jesus shocks us. Did you notice the very last bit to us? John 16 verse 7 says this, Very truly I tell you, it is for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. You can imagine, you've been following Jesus. You've been giving up so many things for Jesus. And now he says that he's going. And it's almost as if the world has dropped out of your world. But then Jesus says, it's actually for your own good that I'm going. Why? Because the advocate is coming. Who's the advocate? Well, Jesus has already told us at the beginning of the passage. Let me read to you verse 26 of John 15. When the advocate comes, who I will send to you from the Father, the spirit of truth who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. So Jesus says, it's better that I'm going because then the Holy Spirit will come, who he calls the advocate. So that's the first important thing at the beginning of this series for us to realize is this. The Holy Spirit is not for the real keen Christians. You know, the sort of uber elite Christians that are sort of really on fire. But for the normal ones like us, well, you know, don't want any of that Holy Spirit stuff. No, the Holy Spirit is for all followers of Jesus. It's for our good that he comes. I remember a few years ago, uh, somebody who'd not been a Christian uh, very long and was growing in their faith, really excited. And we were having a conversation about the Holy Spirit. And, and this person said, yeah, I believe in Jesus, but I don't want any of that Holy Spirit stuff. And there's a sense we understand some aspects of that. But Jesus is saying this to all of us. If we follow Jesus, the Spirit is for all. And it's really good that he is here. So friends, if you think that some people are slightly more spiritual, slightly more kind of the the A-team, the uber-elite Christians, Jesus has something to say to you. No, the Spirit is here for you. If you believe in Jesus, the same Spirit that rose Jesus from the dead is alive in you. 
That's amazing. So believe it, accept it, soak in that truth. You may be beaten down by COVID or life or relationships or circumstances. But if you're a follower of Jesus, you've got the life of God in you. That's pretty impressive. So why is that so special then? Well, because of who the Holy Spirit is. Do you notice again what Jesus said in verse 26? When the advocate comes, whom I'll send to you from the Father, Spirit of truth who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. Do you notice what Jesus says? The Holy Spirit is not an it. Not some sort of nebulous energy, life force, ghost type thing. No, he will testify about me. Person, as Jesus says earlier on in the chapter, I will send him to you. Well, what's fascinating, if you flip back a couple of chapters in John, this is what Jesus says. John chapter 14. I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Do you notice what Jesus says? I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate. Now, in the original language of the Bible, that word another is interesting because there's two Greek words that could be used for the word another. One of those Greek words means the same but different. The other Greek word means exactly the same. And Jesus uses that word. What Jesus is saying is the Holy Spirit is exactly the same as me. He will send another advocate. And that's the second important thing for us about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is God with us. It's not just for the keen ones, because the Holy Spirit is God with us. That's why it's good that Jesus went away, because of course Jesus could only physically be in one place, but by his Spirit, the God is present everywhere with us right now. Now, let's chew on that for a moment. Because this is breathtaking news, particularly when life is really battling. Friends, you're never alone. Never. For some of us, this COVID time, we have felt so alone. Some of us physically have been very alone, isolated. And we felt that, and it's been crushing. But friends... For the follower of Jesus, God is with you by his spirit. Some of us in our relationships, we're not physically alone, but actually we've seen the fractures and we feel very, very alone. Some of us in our faith have felt alone because we can't talk about our questions. We're not sure everyone else seems to have it together, but we don't. Others, our ambitions seem to be lying in tatters. Some of us, our health has been battered. And we feel so alone. But the beauty of this is that for the follower of Jesus, we are never, ever, ever alone. Never. God is with you, even in those moments where you feel so desperate. Seven years ago, next month, on a beach in Libya, 21 Egyptian Christians were beheaded because of their faith. You may remember the story years back. Devastating, brutal tragedy. Even there, in that most desperate of moments, those 21 are not alone. We're not alone. God himself with them.
That's why Jesus says it's good that I'm going because the Holy Spirit will come. So do you feel alone in what you're going through? Whether you feel it or not, you're not alone. Uh, Tim Keller says this. I love this quote. A sense of God's absence is a sign of his presence. Let me say that again. A sense of God's absence is a sign of his presence. Because to long for the presence of God is in some degree to experience it. If you hunger for more of God, it shows that there's something of God in you. Because that's not natural. Even for those of us who feel so alone and don't feel God's presence, he is with you. So let me think about this week, your week this week. What's the most concerning moment that you've got coming up this week? A key meeting, an appointment, a conversation you've got to have, a time you're on your own, something you've got to do. What is it that you feel so that's got you got coming up? Friends, you're not alone. God is right there with you. So that's the second key thing. A third thing, though, is this. Because the Holy Spirit is not just for the correct keynotes, the Holy Spirit is God with us. The third thing is we therefore need to not make the Holy Spirit in our image. If you've been around church circles for a while, you will know that churches have split, denominations have been formed because of different ideas about the Holy Spirit. And the reality is some people emphasize the really dramatic aspects of what the Holy Spirit does, and other people emphasize the more kind of less apparently supernatural stuff. And I simply want to say this. Because the Holy Spirit is God, there's an immense freeing truth in that. We don't need to be afraid. He's God. Some of us naturally are more interested in the really exciting stuff, the spectacular And others of us naturally are more drawn to other aspects of what he does. And we can then sort of box and craft the Holy Spirit into what I want. But actually, if he's God, in the words of Jesus, the wind blows where it pleases. So therefore, we shouldn't be surprised if we see and experience spectacular things. But at the same time, we should also see the God at work in the very ordinary things, because he's God. So let's not try and domesticate the Holy Spirit, emphasize the things that we look for. And so can I urge all of us to pray a very simple prayer at the beginning of this series? And it's simply this. Holy Spirit, give me a bigger glimpse of you at work so that every day I know that you're with me at work. Holy Spirit, give me a bigger glimpse of you at work. Okay, as we come to a close, that all sounds great. Introductory stuff, thanks, brilliant. But what does the Holy Spirit do? We get that stuff. Uh, but there's one final thing as I come to a close that I want to emphasize that, if you like, sets up the rest of the series. Do you notice again what word Jesus calls the Holy Spirit? Let me read it again, John 15, 26. When the advocate comes whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who goes out from the Father, he'll testify about me. Jesus calls the Holy Spirit the advocate. 
Now that word's important and different translations of the Bible use different words. It read a different word. Some use the word comforter. Some use the word counselor. Some use the word helper. Some use the word friend and some use the word advocate. And each emphasizing slightly different aspects. So comforter, the sort of caring nature of what he does. Counselor, the sort of advising, directing nature of the Holy Spirit. Helper, the assisting, empowering nature of the Holy Spirit. Friend, the closeness, the intimacy of the Holy Spirit. And then the advocate, the defense, the defending aspects of the Holy Spirit. All of those emphasize different aspects and that's why there's not one right word that encapsulates everything but they all speak into who the Holy Spirit is and what he does so for those of us right now who need comfort come Holy Spirit for those of us right now who need direction come Holy Spirit for those of us right now who need some help come Holy Spirit for those of us right now who need to know we're not alone come Holy Spirit For those of us who need somebody to step in and fight for us, come Holy Spirit. In a sense, the Holy Spirit is the ultimate companion. And how does the Holy Spirit do that? Well, Jesus gives a huge glue. Do you notice what he says? Verse 26 again. When the advocate comes, he will testify about me, says Jesus. The Holy Spirit always points us to Jesus. Why? Because Jesus proves without a doubt that God is on our side. So when we need comfort, what better comfort is there than knowing that the God who is in control of the universe loves us with a dying love? When we need direction, what better guidance is there than following the way of the person who is the way, the truth, the life. When we need help, what better help is there than shattering the greatest problem we've all got, death itself? When we need a friend, what better companion is there than the one who says, today you'll be with me in paradise. He's in control of all. And when we need a defender fighting for us, What better defense is there than the one who says, I've dealt with all of your sin, all of your shame, all of your guilt, and all of those things that have been done to you, I see. I'm God with you. Friends, I grew up in a Christian home. I believed in Jesus from a fairly young age. But it was when I went to university that I began to really understand what Jesus had done for me. And there was a moment where I was broken in my sin. I became deeply aware of how I was ultimately living for myself rather than God. And in that moment, I sensed a new freedom and grace and power that I'd never known before and a joy that changed everything. And at that moment, I said to God, God, I'm here for you, whatever I'm in this for your glory. That, friends, is the work of the Spirit. And so as we close, I want us all to pray, Lord, come. Work in my life. Point me to Jesus. Make me more like you.